This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 393 of the Stable Scoop Show. Auditor Ruth McCormick and Avoiding Procrastination plus Flexial. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are Uncle Jimmy's Brand Products and Clarion Lexington. Auditor Ruth McCormick is our listener of the week. Nick Snap does his first tip on avoiding procrastination. And our Tack and Habit segment, we have Flex Seal. Listen in. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hail, hot water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. So sit on down and laugh till your poop, cause it's time again for Stable School. Stable School. Stable School. This is Glenda Geek. And this is Helena B. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Well, it was so good to see you last week, uh, Helena. It was fun to have you down here in Florida and the gang. Your whole gang was here. The whole gang was there. I had so much fun. I've never worked so hard and had so much fun at the same time. I apologize for the weather. <laughs> as soon as you left, it went back up to 80 degrees. But it I was think a little it nippy when you were here. <laughs> I think it should be me who apologizes for the weather. You know, the last time I went down south to visit somebody, it was like deep in the heart of South Carolina and it snowed. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I might have You're the, the jinx. With me. Yeah. Sorry about that. We had this nice thing they planned on the beach at a beach bar for, for Friday night. Or, and it was freaking cold. I mean, it was like 50 degrees and windy. Yeah. It this was, was not cold by Florida standards. This was cold by New England yeah, standards. It was like, pretty chilly. I had, we had jackets on and I was like, this is not fun. No. <laughs> I even was, had fires going, but the fires were whipping. And <laughs> it was, it what was, an awesome uh, location, oh, well. though. That was a really, really cool place. If it had been like 70 degrees, it'd been perfect. <laughs> yeah. Even if it was five degrees warmer, it would have been perfect. It was a beach bar. It was right there by the city. It was really nice, but uh, yeah. oh well. I have to say, I was really impressed with Tampa. Oh, really? Yeah. You got to yeah. tour it a little bit, and I know that uh, Buck and Grace got to go around and do different things. It's a, it's kind of a neat little city nobody talks about. You know, it is totally a neat little city nobody talks about. It's easy to get around. It's built on a grid. So you make a left and a left and a left and you're back to where you started. You know, you, it's difficult to get lost. Um, the street signs are well marked. The buildings, there's some tall buildings, so it feels like a city, but it's open and airy. I, of course, it's on the water, which is totally charming. I was really impressed. Yeah, it is neat. I get to go down. I go down about every two months for the meetings for the Florida Podcaster Association is right near where we had the conference, actually. Mm. Uh, so that so we got to go down there. But it was nice. We got to do a little cheesecake factory, which is always good. And Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> With Wendy, Dr. Wendy and Kyle. Dr. Wendy was there. Heather was there from Women in Rodeo. You got to meet Heather. Jennifer yep. was there, of course. And we're, so we had five hosts represented at this podcasting conference from... Horse Radio Network, and made quite a splash. I can't tell you how many 
And I think everybody in the building talked to me at one point or another over the weekend. Um, yeah. But I can't tell you how many said, I met one of your hosts. They're all so nice. Aww. Uh, and I said, oh, are you sure they were ours? No, I said, <laughs> yes, <laughs> they are. Thanks a lot. <laughs> everybody was really nice. So that was one of the things that from now I've been in software and IT forever. I've been to more conferences than I can count. This was one of the most... Um, this was one of the best because it was big enough where there was a, a wide variety of people who had something to share, but it was small enough where you could access those people. So um, the, the opportunities for learning were very accessible and the quality of the people and the knowledge was, I was very pleasantly surprised. This was a really impressive group. It was. And a couple of my friends from the podcasting world now, uh, Dave Jackson from School of Podcasting was there. He's one of my favorite. Uh, we got to meet Danny Penna, who does a show. And the only reason we're talking about this, guys, is you're, you, you're listening to a podcast. So we know you're a little bit interested in podcasting. Um, but Danny Penna, who does Gamer Tag Radio and has done it for 10 years, is one of the... Well, he just got hired by CBS Radio to, to do the gaming uh, show over there. So he's kind of a big deal. And he, you missed his uh, keynote. But his was really good on the first day. Uh, and then, you know, uh, I just... I sat with him at the roundtable discussion. Oh, so did we you? He's a, a neat guy, isn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah, he's, you know, in a different world than us, hip-hop and gaming. But, but boy, he owns that world. When, let me just tell you, when he does meetups, 10,000 people show up, literally. Uh, he has to do meetups now in stadiums. These are his listeners. Holy cow. Yeah, so uh, that's how many people show up. Because the gamer world is just huge. And they're all like, you know, addicted. Uh, so. <laughs> it must be so funny for somebody to be like, hi, who are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was, uh, and then you got to meet Katie, one of my, uh, Katie and Chris, who run the, that show. And I just love them to death. And Katie did a really nice job with her Facebook talk on Saturday morning, too. Extraordinarily valuable. I, I, that, that was one of the, the um, presentations that I, I took copious amounts of notes for. So I'm glad you got to meet all these people and, you know, they got to meet you, you know, so they know who you are. Well, as you say, when <laughs> the geek, it's not who you know, it's who knows you. Okay, now be honest. How was my <laughs> keynote? Everybody's been hearing I was doing one. Now you have to be honest. I was so proud of you. I was really surprised that you could gather your thoughts together. <laughs> For an hour. <laughs> In such a logical and powerful and meaningful way. I really was. I was very, very impressed. Like, you started out with a, you grabbed my attention. There was that amazing video of Scooter. Which, then, by the way, has now just gone insane. Well, Scooter's a star, you know. Scooter now has over 110,000 shares on that video. It, it, it has gone up almost 100,000 since the weekend. I, I, I don't Millions we got to find out. We got to find out how that started. I, there, you know, I don't know where point zero was. You know, who found it again after it's been sitting yeah. around for two years and shared it? But I thank whoever did that. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Scooter is now the most popular pony in the world. And his keynote speech opened with that video of Scooter, and um, it was so rewarding to hear the gasps and the applaud at Scooter's journey. Which I don't know how how many minutes is that clip, Glenn? Like two, two minutes. Two minutes. Yeah minutes. So you completely captured an audience and got them emotionally involved in Scooter's journey with just that. And then your keynote speech, you had them, you know, you opened with Scooter and then you had them for the rest of your speech. You shared a lot of very valuable lessons that 
you know, you and I have experienced firsthand over the years. Well, you know, it's um, funny. I couldn't have done it without any of you. And I, you know, that's why I, I had you guys at the beginning and introduced you because I wouldn't be here today without any, with it, without you and the, the other host. But, you know, and it's so funny too, because Wendy said something interesting to me, Dr. Wendy from the driving show. She said, we always see you as the goofball, you know, sort of self-deprecating guy who's yeah. on the air. But she said, then I got to see you in business mode. And I do have a business mode. Um, and she said, I got to see you in business mode. And it was so different to see business business mode. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I'm, and I'm sure the listeners would probably be shocked, too, to see that side. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah. Uh, there is that side, or we would not have grown to the point we are. Uh, no, I've seen you in business mode a couple of times, especially when we go to the trade shows, and we've done some strategic collaborating from time to time. But... This just was... Well, you, you know, know, I missed the stage, too. People forget I did that for a long time on stage. And uh, I missed the stage and the immediate feedback. That's the one thing we don't get here, is like, we don't hear people laughing, right? We don't right. hear people not laughing. <laughs> uh, we, we don't get either one of those. So <laughs> you, you don't get that immediate <laughs> feedback. Uh, uh, and then just looking at people in the audience. So I, I do like that. I do like getting on stage every once in a while and doing that. Even though it just totally freaks me out before I start. Jennifer's like, this is a mess. Now I remember why we quit doing acting. Anytime <laughs> before you go out, you're a mess. And th- yeah. I, I used to have a strawberry daiquiri before I went out every show. That was a requirement. Yeah. Thing. But they had to have a strawberry daiquiri for me, a large one. <laughs> and- you're so funny. <laughs> strawberry daiquiri. Most people would have like, I needed a shot of bourbon or whiskey. <laughs> no, I need my strawberry, need strawberry daiquiri. daiquiri. I think it was a combination of the sugar and the alcohol. <laughs> yes. But anyway, I didn't have well, a strawberry daiquiri on, on 9 o'clock on Friday morning. You didn't need one. You had your signature cowboy hat, and That's you did it. a fantastic job. Well, we were all you, very proud you. of you. It thank was you. really cool to have, you know, half the front row uh, full of Horse Radio Network people. It was it was great to have. Yeah, that was neat. And I, anytime I needed a little boost, I always looked down at you guys. So yeah. that was cool. Well, let's. Uh, what, what, one of the things we did over the weekend is we met a lot of cool people. And as Helena said, podcasters tend to be outgoing. So it's a very chatty conference. Um, you don't have a lot of introverts in the podcasting community. <laughs> so we got to meet a lot of cool people. And one of the ones that impressed us both was Nick Snap. And he has a show called Make It, The Make It Snappy Show. And he just started not too long ago with this show, but he's kind of a productivity expert. So one of the things, and you've met a couple more too that I think that we'll be able to incorporate into our shows because some of what they talk about in their shows applies to horse people. Let's face it, horse people face the same problems that other business people do. Horse uh, people are just regular people turbocharged. Exactly. And, uh, and and with a passion that actually, in a way, makes them less productive in their normal lives. Well, uh, wait a minute. It's the horses that make us less productive. <laughs> you know, we could be totally snappy, as Nick would say, out of the barn. But as soon as we get into the barn, all bets are off. So it would be nice to take some of these productivity tips and bring them into our barn. Whether or not our horses will cooperate is to be seen. And that was one of the, he was one of the guys that impressed us both. So we said, well, we're going to get him on once a month to, to give us kind of a productivity tips for life. This is about your life now. And, uh, you know, what, no matter what your job is, we all know that horses take up time and that takes time away from getting things done at home, right? So yep. we're going to, uh, we're going to chat about that once a month with Nick Snap. So let's say hi to him. Well, hi, Nick. Welcome to the Stable Scoop Show. 
Well, thanks for having me, Glenn. I'm happy to be here. It was so good to meet you over the weekend in person, and we were both very impressed, which is why we said we had to have you on a show. Oh, and, you make me blush. Well, and, and I'm so glad that you agreed to do this once a month, because uh, we all need help in the productivity world, no matter whether you're in business for yourself or you're working for somebody else. We all have horses, we have barns, we have houses, we have kids, we have life, and, you know... I'll, it's just hard for horse people to get it all done and be productive. So I'm so glad you're here. Tell us a little bit, how did you become a productivity king? The pro, well, wow, that's the first time I've been I called the productivity king. Yeah, I just promoted you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> just own it, Nick. Just it's own it. It's good to be king. <laughs> <laughs> well, how did I become the productivity king? Okay, well, I am not a naturally productive person, believe it or not. And I became very adept at productivity, kind of out of necessity. When I was working for corporate America, I spent about 14 years uh, working for Fortune 500 companies. And there was a time in my life where I got basically moved to a facility that was 60 miles one way from my house. Ooh. And when that happened, I said, I'm, I'm committing to still going home from work on time. When everybody else is working crazy hours and with a long commute and everything, I said, I need to figure out how to go home from work on time. So I started developing my systems to be as efficient as possible. And I was a machine when I worked at this particular facility. So with that process of developing those different systems and with my engineering background, my skill set and my background lies in the going into manufacturing facilities or uh, different corporations and figuring out how to find those those hidden money or the hidden money that, that people don't necessarily see right off the bat. So how can you take different processes and make them better? Well, through a process that I went through from becoming a, a or the process of being a consultant, I uh, realized that wasn't all that great for my family life because being a consultant takes me away. I, I'd be gone for four weeks at a time. So when I started my business uh, last year, I got a rude awakening. I said, I don't want to be away from my family. So how can I take the skill set that I've had with manufacturing and Lean Six Sigma and all that kind of stuff and provide and translate that to personal effectiveness. So that's what I've been doing for almost a year and having a blast doing it. I love productivity. I think that all that Lean Six Sigma stuff can be applied directly to how we do things in life. And you, So one of the things yeah, that, that caught my attention while we were sitting at the roundtable discussions, Nick, was that um, you were taking this uh, corporate perspective or um, a very formal, official productivity process and applying it to your family life, which you have kids, I have kids. It, it's it's pure chaos at times. Yes. And you really just need to keep your head on straight in order to keep your family alive, honestly. Right. So going from this very formal environment to a very chaotic environment, what was the first thing that you said, all right, I'm not, I'm focusing less on my consulting clients, less on my career and more on my family and personal life. And what was the first thing you decided to tackle? In terms of productivity, hmm. well, I was a consultant. When I started my business, I actually was going to be a consultant. I was going to go into different facilities and, and make them better. So I had to do a pivot very shortly after I started. About a month after, I realized that this wasn't for me. So when it came to personal productivity, I was going from a mode of going out of the house and going to somebody's office or facility to now I'm at home. <laughs> so how do I become? productive as an entrepreneur, which is a completely different paradigm than being an employee. So the first thing I realized as an entrepreneur is that I need to understand my systems. I need to break them down into their component parts. So what do I need to do to move the needle forward in this new mode that I have? So it really took a lot of uh, just 
thinking about the best way to do my job and then breaking those systems down and figuring out how can I get those tasks accomplished in the least amount of time possible? And then how can I focus on the right things? So when it comes to productivity and anything that we do, I, I believe very, very strongly that if productivity isn't rooted in purpose or vision, then there's absolutely no reason to be productive because mm. you're just going to be spinning your wheels. So once I had my vision very, very clear, and I did that through my own coach, I got a coach when I was out in LA working on this big project, uh, trying to help a credit card manufacturing facility get their numbers up. When I was out there, I realized this wasn't really my deal, but just not necessarily the work. The work was great, but just being away from my family, I found a coach. And through that process, I really got some clarity around what my vision and what my purpose was. And once I had that clarity, it was a lot easier for me to figure out what I needed to do. Now, when you started your show, and I, this is kind of, we have a uh, connection here too, in that Neil from Wild Style Media is our editor of our shows. Yes, Neil's the best. Yeah, he is. He is really oh, good. Love and him. You got to meet Neil for the first time over the weekend, Helena. I love Neil. He's, I'm going to adopt him as like my big brother. And Neil, we're not just saying that because you're hearing this and editing the show. Um, right. Well, we maybe actually, a little bit. Yeah, maybe a little. Yeah, just he's not going to lower our rate. Maybe the blooper reel you know. will be more about Glenn next time. You know, if maybe. we give him a big head, he's going to raise our rate. So, Neil, you suck. Um, so, <laughs> so, Nick, he actually helped you get your show up and running. It's called Make It Snappy Show, right? The Make It Snappy Productivity Show. Ah, Close enough. Okay, and of course, I can guess what it's about. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So how often does it come out? I do shows once a week, but to be transparent, I'm getting kind of hooked on this podcast thing. So I've been peppering in some bonus episodes uh, every now and then. So that's what happens, by the way. That's I like happens. that he calls it a bonus episode, Glenn. Yeah, that's what we happens. We do so bonus you episodes. Get and then, it's like yeah, an extra treat. Yeah, just what I need. I do 80 episodes a week now. I just need to do <laughs> bonus episodes. So, 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 Nick, let's talk a little bit about our topic for today, and that is avoiding procrastination. For sure. I love talking about that. Go ahead. You're on deck. You're up. All right. Well, you know, there's a lot of different reasons people procrastinate, but if you break it down, for me, the most prominent ones, there's four of them. So the first one, and I'm sure if you're really, really into horses and you get into an area where you're a little bit outside your comfort zone, you have the issue of you may not know necessarily how to do something. So if we're intimidated or we think the task is too difficult, our natural reaction is to blow it off, right? You know, we'd rather go take a ride on our horse right. or, <laughs> or then force ourselves to sit down and struggle with something. So for this stuff, I, I go back to and kind of put it in a, like a corporate thing, right? It's like when you have a problem, what's your problem statement? What's your opportunity statement? You know, but in, in lame's terms, for people that really want to speak non-corporate stuff, it's like... If, you, if you're trying to figure something out, first question is, what does success look like? You know, what does that outcome look like? Whatever you're trying to accomplish. Because if you just have this huge task ahead of you, like, I don't know, create a website, for, just for example, then that could be a whole number of things. But if you don't have a vision for like, what that website needs to do, then you can't just start because you'll be spinning your wheels and you're getting frustrated and you'll spend a lot of time on Facebook. So... For me, that's the first question I ask. And the next question, it's so dang simple, but for whatever reason, it's just not normal for us to think about these things this way. And the next step, once you figure out what success looks like, is what is the next logical step? 
you know, we, we tend to think of these things holistically rather than breaking them down into their component parts. So if you take the time to think about what the next logical step is, then the task that you may not know what to do, well, at least you know what the next step is that you need to do and you can build momentum off of that. So I have an example, um, if you want to hear it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, bring it on. <laughs> so I've started this new topical-based series format for my show. Uh, my, my show's been around for, uh, it's been about two and a half months now. Launched on Christmas. You're just a puppy. I am. I'm such a puppy. Yeah. <laughs> in in more, more ways than one. Uh, but, you know, I, so I put a new show on every week uh, where we hit the topic of the month from a different angle. And this is all, all new. So the whether it's bringing an expert on, on whatever the topic is related to productivity, obviously. Uh, talking through the concept with my, my partner in crime, my beautiful wife, Nasaj, um, and what it means to our family, our careers, or whether it's I'm actually doing coaching of a client on air on issues related to that topic. Over a three-week period of time, listeners would typically have questions about the topic, and I want to help them answer those questions. So our goal for the show, or at least this fourth week of the month, if you're looking at it from monthly kind of a series-based thing, is to give the listeners a very super easy way for people to record themselves and submit the, the recording to me through my website or easily through social media or something so we can collect the questions audibly and then include them in, in the episode and answer them on air. Now, Glenn, I'm sure with all your experience in Helena with, in the podcasting world, something like this is like a piece of cake to you. But for me, I didn't even know where to start. So had I not broken this thing down, it would have seemed like a really daunting task, right? Um, well, I, I got to tell you, started. I got to tell you, Helena is better at the just, you know, get started with the first step. I am one of those that looks at the whole thing and goes, oh, crap. You know, <laughs> and so I, and then Helena goes, oh, well, let's just see where we're at and wh where we have to go from here. Sure. And, and, you know, then, you know, once you take that first step or two, then it gets easier, right? That task all of a sudden comes into focus and you can get it done. But I am one of those people. I am super guilty at that. I am great at ideas. I am so good at ideas. But then, and, and they're good ideas. But then once I get that good idea, I look at it and go, oh, crap, that's a lot of work. Yes. It, well, you know, Glenn, you have this big picture. So the idea often comes as a big picture. And it's exciting. You know, you get a sense of the big picture because you're focused on the idea. But then when you sit down and think about how you're going to execute on that idea, then you realize the scope of what you're looking at, how just how big that big picture is. And I think right. what Nick is saying is you need to break down, you need to compartmentalize your picture into smaller, easy to digest uh, components. And then, you know, you got to start it go. You have to start with that first little yellow brick. Now, is that before or after I freak out about it? That's after you scream at me. Okay. Say, ah! freak out. Everybody needs their freak out time. And I mean, am you, I am I even close, Nick? Is that kind of Yeah, you're definitely close. Um, you're getting into more like if you look at like a project management perspective, it's called a, a work breakdown structure. You know, you, you take all these big, big buckets and then start breaking up the little buckets. And that's how you manage, you manage a complex project that way. In but this it, case, but you're, you're right just, about procrastination. Sure. What you're saying is that if it's a small task, you're less likely to procrastinate than if it's this right. big, huge thing that just is eating at you. Um, well, it uh, yes, absolutely and that's true. Yeah. Because small tasks are typically easier and less, you know, scary. Uh, but it's the big ones. It's it's just like okay, even if it you haven't taken the time to break it down first, I, the first thing is okay. Well, what is this thing? For me, the the voice thing. I mean, it took me f not even 30 seconds to think about what I needed to do next. And it, it could have been, hey, I called Glenn and Helena and asked them what to do. That could have been my first step, send you a Facebook message or something, right? And that's not all that scary. 
uh Our but for me it was been. Oh. It, it, it would have <laughs> yeah uh, but for me it was i went to the podcasters hangout and i said hey guys this is what i'm trying to do what do you recommend and in probably 30 seconds i i received an answer and I said, oh I'll go to this website oh there's a little widget i'll install the widget and before i knew it it was done and that thing that i had no idea how to do if i I just thought about what to do next and it got done. So for so did the inspiration, like, like you said, kind of knowing why you're here, the, the, the reason that you're about to take that next step, does that help you overcome the procrastination? For sure. The, knowing why you're doing anything gives you incentive and motivation to, to move forward so if it's it's something that in the there's I said there was four different reasons that people procrastinate. So one, if you don't know how to do something, then it's like what's the next step to figure out how to do it. So if you had a complex project like you were talking about, Helena, it would be okay. Now I need to take the time to go open up either my my computer or a piece of paper and write down what are the main pieces of this project. Like that's the next step. Okay. You know, what's that next logical step? But other reasons that people um, break down and and procrastinate is that sometimes it's just a lack of interest, you know? Motivation is what my wife always says. If, the, if you're motivated, you'll get it done. If you're not motivated, you're going to put it off. And apparently every horsewoman that I know is not motivated by cleaning their car. <laughs> just saying. Unless it's to make room for that extra saddle. But again, there's the motivation, right? That's what's yes. the, to fit the extra saddle and all the extra horse crap in. Then they'll make a little room. Yeah, if you bring it back to horses and you figure how it's related, then there'd be a lot more motivation. That's right. If, there, if there's a lack of interest or it's a boring or you don't feel like doing it all, then I would honestly, my first recommendation would be to just don't do it. Find some other way to get that done, you know, delegate it or outsource it. That's uh, not always tried possible. having kids. Has that worked out uh, with helping get things done? As having, kid, no, having kids does not help get things done <laughs> at all. <laughs> And I can't exactly outsource that parenting thing. So I've tried. Yeah, it doesn't you, work. You can. It doesn't always work out. No, not in the long term. Maybe the short term. Although you know, there's a lot of barn moms who do outsource their kids. They just drop them off at the barn and yeah, pick them exactly. up. Yeah, exactly. That's what happened at ours. Twenty-five teenagers after school every day. That works for a little while till the trainers catch on, and you're all done. Well, barn we are- moms. I I need to dive more into your show and get. A, I got a visual of a barn mom. I need to know what that. <laughs> Really just mean. sign one of your kids up for horseback riding lessons. Yeah, you'll know. And yeah. you'll get the, you, the, you'll, quick, the quick the quick. And then just hand over your wallet to the people that do the horse ride back, back riding lessons, and you're good. Uh, That's all it takes. Yeah. Yep. Don't procrastinate because they're going to take your money anyway. So don't worry. <laughs> it's all going to go. Well, right. Nick, uh, we're going to have to let it go there. We've run out of sure. time. But we want people to go over and listen to your show. It's makeitsnappyshow.com is where you'll find it, makeitsnappyshow.com. I assume you're in all, all the usual suspect places, iTunes, and all over the place. I definitely am. All right, good. And you can find more information about that on this Facebook page and other accounts at makeitsnappyshow.com. Nick will join us on the first week of every month. Thank you, Nick. Thanks, Nick. Thank you. Thank you both. I had a great time. Well, coming up is our live Road to the Horse coverage. Helena, we are going to be providing the only free live coverage of Road to the Horse. And you'll be able, I think, to pay for a a video feed uh, if you want to see that. But uh, the Horse Radio Network is providing a free uh, play-by-play of Road to the Horse. We're going to be doing a total of 
eight hours live from oh my the gosh. in a couple of weeks. Mary Kitzmiller and I, who Mary has competed there, uh, she's competed there twice now. So she's going to be the expert. I'm the fluff. And uh, that's all going to start on March the 18th, 19th, and 20th. We're going to do an hour and a half, the 18th and 19th, Friday and Saturday. And then Sunday, we're actually, for the first time, going to be doing live coverage, four hours, uh, play-by-play of the finals that happen on that day. It's the only... It's never happened before. They've never, they've never had anybody provide the live coverage like that before. So we're going to be doing that. We're so excited about that. And, of course, when we stay uh, in Kentucky for no matter what we go there for, whether it's the road to the horse or just visiting friends, we stay at the Clarion in uh, the hotel in Lexington. It is one of the best places to stay for a couple of reasons. One, your rate includes a full breakfast buffet every morning. Free Wi-Fi, free airport shuttle. You're uh, literally 10 minutes from the Kentucky Horse Park. You, you leave the driveway, make a right, make a left, and you're there. <laughs> no right, highway. It's all back roads. You sneak in the back way so you don't have to wait in the long lines coming off the highway exit. It's so good that way. They have a great restaurant, and I wanted to tell everybody next week we're going to announce the date and time for the listener meetup. I know we have listeners going to Road to the Horse. We're going to do a listener, listener meetup at Cortland's Cut Tree Kitchen one night. That's at the Clarion Lexington. Mary and I will be there, so if you want to stop by and say hi, you can. I recommend getting there early. Mary likes bourbon. They have a bourbon bar, <laughs> and I'm not sure what shape she's going to be in because I've never seen Mary drinking. So, Well, you can sip bourbon like a lady. Mary is a cowgirl. I'm okay, not fine. sure she <laughs> sips her bourbon like a lady. I don't know. Okay. We'll find out. I'll let you know. I'll give you a report. But, but okay. uh, that's all uh, going to be happening, and we're going to make that announcement next week on all the shows where exactly the meetup's going to be and what night. So hopefully you can join us there. We'd love to see you. Uh, and you can find more about the hotel at clarionhotellex.com. Clarionhotellex.com for your next trip to Lexington, Kentucky. Well, coming up next, play the music, Neil. It is the year of the listener. And now, our Stable Scoop Listener of the Week. Up next, we have a longtime listener and one of our favorite fans. Okay, you're all our favorite, but Ruth is pretty much our favorite. Auditor Ruth McCormick, and she's from New Jersey. Welcome, Ruth, to the Stable Scoop Show. Thank you very much. I'm so delighted to be here. You get extra points from being from New Jersey. (laughs) I do. Yeah, because New Jersey people are very cool. Well, thank you. Not everybody says that. Well, Helena had a lot of friends in New Jersey growing up. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, I grew up right over the border, so I spent a lot of time in New Jersey. And, you know, oh. not a lot of people talk about New Jersey in very nice ways, but there's a, there's a lot going on in, in Jersey. It's overall a really good place. It is. It is. So welcome to our show. You've been listening for a long time, but I think this is... This is the first time you've been on Stable Scoop. Is that right? Yes, it is. We'll be kind to you for the first five minutes. After that, <laughs> all bets are off. But Helena, I think okay. she was one of our earliest listeners. I know. Weren't She's you, been with us for like years and years. Yeah, I think that I, jo- I joined pretty much at the beginning of the, two- the 2010 WEG show. And I think Stable Scoop was... Maybe six episodes. I don't remember what the difference, but you know how earlier Stable Scoop started, but I know it wasn't a long time before that. 
That's well, going, we're glad that's that going back st- away. <laughs> yeah, we're really glad you stuck I know. I can't compete with Rhonda, though. I have to. Let me just get that on the table right away. I've not listened to every show. I think for a while I had, but I fell behind <sighs> when Horses in the Morning started. What's sure. wrong with you, Ruth? <laughs> Keep up. Oh, no. <laughs> I had one of those jobs that interfered, among other things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, Paying the bills. You got to feed thing. these horses that we have, right? They eat. Mm-hmm. Their food costs, costs little money. So uh, we ask our, our guests a couple of questions, a little, you know, get a little history and background information about them. And you wrote to us that you were the only person in your family who um, had a relationship with horses or who was horse crazy. Tell us about how you got started with horses, how you were able to overcome a family who wasn't really interested to to spending basically your life um, with them? Well, when I, I was, I'm an only child, and I don't have any clue where it came from, but I would start asking, I started asking for lessons, and we didn't have very much money. So for my birthday, I'd get, oh, five or six lessons. Now, keep in mind, that cost $30 at the time. Not per lesson, for five lessons or six lessons. So, and then I'd run out of money and stop riding. And I told you guys that I found recently a photo of myself in a playpen when I was less than two. And over the front um, of the playpen, there is a book, like a coloring type book with horses in it. So, and I'm positive that was mine, not the other little girl in the playpen because I never understood her. She only wanted to play with dolls, not with horses and build stables (laughs) and all that kind of thing. So clearly it must be genetic. That's all I can guess. I have no other, I will just, I will just say there must be, when they get further along discovering all the genes, they'll find one for horses. Okay. I think you're probably right about that too. I think uh, horse girls have a, a, a separate, is it a chromosome or a gene? They have one of those. Um, that, <laughs> you don't think horse boys have that too? I think. Yeah, they do. I think yours is bigger. I think <laughs> oh, maybe. Could be. <laughs> it's, it's, it's or there's two of or them. Or more prevalent. Yeah, more exactly. Prevalent. <laughs> but, yeah. It, you know, I would also, it's... Go ahead. When I was, I would also, I would get to go to camp sometimes for about 10 days. And it was the only time in my life I ever voluntarily got up at, say, 5 o'clock in the morning to go help muck out stalls. So I had it bad when I was a child. You sure did. Yeah, that's that motivation thing. Yeah, I packed it away for a long time. Well, you know, this is now let's score another point for only children because I too am an only child. And it's funny because as an only child, we're not, I wouldn't say that all only children are spoiled necessarily, but we do have the unique advantage of being able to choose what we want to do because our parents don't have to spread the wealth of activities, Mm -hmm. you know, dance and sports and all that stuff. We can... We have, I think, greater opportunities to dive into something that we're passionate about or to explore more of those things in order to find that thing we're passionate about. But what I find interesting about you, and the same thing happened with me in my childhood, was I really wasn't interested in exploring anything but horses. Like, I was like, yeah, dance, that's cool. I'll go if you want me to, or, you know, right. I'll, I'll try this other thing here. But like you, it was like, mom, mom, can I have horseback riding lessons now, 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 how about now? And I think she would have liked it if I learned to play the piano better, but I really wasn't. (laughs) I took some lessons, but I really wasn't, it just wasn't what I was interested in. Now, 
I wanted Go to ahead, say Glenn. here too that you you're retired now. I did. I retired a year and a half ago. And what'd you do for a living? So so you grew up and you went out into the big bad world. What'd you do for a living? I was uh, like a human resource director for a large company based in New Jersey, and my job kept getting bigger and bigger, and it was starting to interfere with my writing. I, you know, I'd be too like focused and tense at the end of the day, and I finally realized that I could figure out how to make it work, and my husband was supportive, so I quit about a year and a half ago. Wow. So my job was great. I totally enjoyed it at the time, but I don't really miss it. You know, every woman listening is now going, my job gets in the way of my riding, and I can't quit. (laughs) Well, just keep squirreling it away so that eventually you can. (laughs) I met you guys at WEG, didn't I, for the first time, 2010? Yes. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. And now, actually, I, I should tell you how I got how yeah. I, I got I got married under false pretenses. Oh, um, uh-huh. my husband and I um, got married a long time ago, and um, like forty-ish, let's say, um, maybe over forty, but I won't go there. Anyway, and um, I had the horse um, obsession totally packaged away. I mean, he knew I generally liked horses, um, but. He had no idea until a friend about uh, right before I turned 40 said to me over New Year's as a very close friend, the kind that always asks those questions that you can't really, that you really have to answer and think about. Um, So she said to me, what have you done for yourself lately? And at the time I was working in Manhattan, working a lot, um, enjoying it. But I said to her, did laundry count to the, what have I done for myself lately? And, of course, she made a face because that's not a very good answer. It's just funny. Um, And the the thing was, the minute we had the conversation, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And literally the next week, I went over to the local stable and started riding. And six weeks later, I was riding twice a week. And six months later, I was riding three times a week. It was just like somebody opened the box and let me out, let my horse obsession out and life hasn't been the same since. Boy, that That's ha- how it happens. Yeah, that happens you know? to so many of our listeners, too, in their 40s, right, Helena? How, you know, we, we have a good number of li- listeners that have gone back to riding in their, in their 40s. Uh, mm-hmm. Especially with... You have a certain amount of life experience under your belt at that point, and you realize that um, your time here on Earth is not infinite. So you better start doing those things that are good for yourself. And... Um, you know, she's right. It's like someone turned a key and unlocked a door that you've been, you've been working behind furiously. You, you know, you worked in the city. That's like, my God, there is just no rest. Um, so I'm sure you're commuting back and forth across the river, right? That's a job in and of yep, itself. For a long time. That's, that'll take it the life out of you. So when you do finally sit in that saddle for the first time, if it's once a week, a, an entirely new conversation begins to happen with yourself. And it starts out like this. Oh my God, I need to do this again tomorrow. (laughs) And then, then, okay. And then you have to wait a week and you sit in the saddle again. You go, Oh my God, I have to do this again tomorrow. And eventually you get closer and closer to doing it tomorrow. Right. You went from once to twice to three times a week. Um, Well, it was President's Day weekend. I had a day off. I had to go again. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's it was it now, 
I, I don't get where this fell in the order of things. Did you marry Father Mac and then this happened, or did this happen before Father Mac? No, no, no. We've been married about a good 15 years by the time it happened. Okay. And yeah. I, I have he another no question that I was gonna... that's been yeah. bothering me for eight years. Is I grew up Catholic. I think Helena might have too, actually. Um, oh, yeah. I, I grew up Catholic, and there, none of our fathers were married. So, And I know he wears a collar because I've seen him wear a collar. So what ki- what, what's the deal with Father Mac? <laughs> Oh, he is a Lutheran pastor oh, out of a small ah. church in uh, New Jersey. Okay. And the church, the group, the part of the church that we grew up in, the clergy wore black and wore their collars typically. Not so much now, I guess, except for Mac does. And um, so he has a lot of, like, he, he's taught at Fordham University, which is Jesuit, but he is a Lutheran pastor. So he has, he has a wife. Got it. Okay. Now I'm. I thought maybe he got a papal, you know, uh, dispensation or something. Uh, I didn't know what was no, going on. No, he, does, he doesn't have one of those. I think that there have been a few of them, but uh, he's not one of them. <laughs> okay. Just check. Well, hi, Father Mac. Uh, you know, he has sent me over the years some of the most thought. He gives me way too much credit because Helena, after we did a certain show on a certain topic, he would send me the most thoughtful emails about that topic. And I would think to myself, he has just thought more about it than I did and even preparing to talk about it in the first place. So. <laughs> 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 just, well, what he does, he tends to do pretty thoroughly, so there it is. There. <laughs> well, now tell us about your horses. Well, he, okay, so I have, I have, I try to have them one at a time, but it, you know, there's been a couple times when I, one time I had three. Um, I have a warm blood mare named Joy. She is almost 19, and we do dressage. Uh, pretty good some days, and we don't, we don't show, so we are. Um, more the serious schooling types who look like we're probably planning on going to show but never never happened to go. But six months ago, I moved to a dressage barn. So life's been a little different because now I'm trying to ride five days a week and we're, we're more on a program than we were before. And we were on a program, but it wasn't as consistent as this one is in terms of the number of days a week and all. So it is a lot of fun. I'm at a, a barn. I'm sitting in a barn of a, like Pan Am, Pan Am. Gold medal. Oh, that's not too out, shabby. To um, no, not too no, shabby at all. No. With your, it's a Westphalian, right? Mayor. Yes, she is. Yeah. Yes. Ah, well, I, mean, I haven't heard of her. I started. Yeah. Well, you know, they're all the German, the the different um, jurisdictions within Germany. They just all have their own stud books. So, you know, that's what Hanoverian is. That's what Oldenburg is. That's what was, you know, there are like 20 of them. Mm. But I started with an off-the-track thoroughbred named Greta Garbo. And actually, Glenn, <laughs> somehow, I think you need to know that her registered name was Jail Bait Baby. Oh, God. <laughs> How did that ever get through the guy the guy we talked to at the office over there? <laughs> no, I, no idea. But her first owner at, off the tra- after the track renamed her. <laughs> so, uh, and I had two others. If anybody wants to know why they shouldn't buy a four-year-old warm blood when they're not that experienced, tell them to talk to me. <laughs> I want to know about the Frisian Appaloosa. Oh, he's very cute. He now belongs to somebody, a, a friend of mine, and is retired. He was um, actually the owners won a breeding at the Midwest Horse Fair to their Appaloosa mare. And they bred a couple of um, these, and they were both registered as apps and as um, 
Frisian sport horses. They were cute. Not the most forward, but cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty Bert talented. Is not forward yeah. either, but he's kind of built. Yeah. He's he's beefy like a Frisian, but you know, of course, he's he's happy. Not the most forward, mm-hmm. but comfortable and cute. Yeah, right. Comfortable and well, cute. his name was See, Mc, that should be McFlurry. Oh. So why do you call him McFlurry? Well, that was his name. I, I guess he was very spotted, and he went to um, they went to McDonald's the next morning. And his father was a Frisian named Fleury, who was at stud in Wisconsin, where, where uh. he was. But anyway, they went to McDonald's, and the McFlurries were on the menu. Wow. Okay, so he that was sense. from the Stallion Fleury. That's a good name, McFlurry. That's I cool. like that. I think that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. better than like McNugget. Yeah. Um, that's not exactly. such a good name. Yeah. So, so now one of the things I know about you guys, cause I follow you on Facebook for the last eight years is that you guys get to travel to the most amazing places. Is that because you just want to, or is it because of his work or. So oh, that's because, uh, because I have a bad travel itch. Let's say I, I want to go places and, um, horse sports turned out to be something we're both interested in from uh, the perspective of being spectators. And in oh, about 20 years ago, we went to the World Equestrian Games in The Hague as part of a, another trip we planned. And we always kind of figure out everything ourselves and book it as cheaply as possible, but managed to go to Europe or England or somewhere once in a while. But anyway, so we went to The Hague for one day. What a tease. I'm like, why did I ever think I could be happy with one day? Because I wanted to see more. So anyway, so after that, most of the time we've tried to make a vacation out of going to the World Equestrian Games. Ah, And then Mac met, hmm, he met some people along the way who then, like Mary Phelps from Horses Daily and Dressage Daily, who he's written written some columns for, and he eventually got his journalist um, kind of card in the International Association of Equine equestrian journalists so he goes and kind of handle looks at it from the spectator end and tries to find interesting things to write about which he does um so we've tried to go to almost every uh, set of games since then and you know the world cup if it's here um if we've been able to afford it so um that's one of our i guess that's officially probably a hobby of ours and he's met a lot of interesting people. He knows way more interesting people than I do. So, um, <laughs> well, you know us. You know, you know us. Like, <laughs> I just had lunch. I know exactly. I know you. When he come back, he said a long time ago, I had lunch with Robert Dover. I'm like, well, good for you. You know me from a hole in the wall. <laughs> but anyway, it's great. It's great. It's well, you know, terrific to have him interested in what I'm interested in. One of the cool things as being a journalist, we don't consider ourselves journalists, but we kind of, you know, have to travel in that world because it's where we fit the best, um, is you right. do get to talk to the coolest people. And, you know, I, you know, I haven't mentioned this on the air yet, but, but since we started to do the Year of the Listener, our numbers are up 20% here on the Stable Scoop show. I think, you know, one of the things that Helene and I have always loved is, one, meeting listeners, and two, is getting to talk to them on the show. So this year, yeah, we just talked about it before the show started today. We look so forward to doing this episode now because we get to talk to you guys. Uh, it's, it's been a highlight for us this year. Just wanted you to Absolutely. know that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and I love it as a listener. One, it, 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 it made me catch up instantly on all this if I was behind. And now I look for, like, is it out yet? And we're all so different, but we all have the same passion. It's great. What do you, before we get into the rapid-fire questions that we end with, what do you think is the 
best benefit of being an auditor? Well, first of all, this is pretty cool, um, talking to you all. Um, but secondly, the Facebook community is really great. It's it's the only one that I'm in that has that, well, first, a level of activity that it can be hard to keep up with, but it is um, it's pretty compelling, and it's a real community, and people try to help each other. It's just a lot of fun. Since we started the show, I haven't talked to Lena about this, but since we started doing the Year of the Listener here in Stable Scoop, what was it, six weeks ago, maybe two months ago, Helena? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, eight weeks ago. Yeah, we have had more people sign up for auditors wanting to be a part of that community than we did in the last six months of last year. Um, it, it, we're just getting them almost every day now. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that more and more people are getting involved because it really is a cool community. And if you want to do that, it's really, truly as little as a dollar a month. If you like what we do, just head on over to stablescoop.com. There's a big banner right in the middle of the page. Are you ready for the rapid fire questions? Are you ready, Helena? I'm ready. You All ready, right, Ruth? Let's do it. I am ready. We am should ready. have music like plays in the background. Doom, 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 doom. Oh, well, give me a couple of weeks because I'm garage banding it out, you know. Oh, that's right. You're going to be an expert here pretty yeah. soon. All, all my new techie friends in the podcasters hangout are like, what's up, Lena? You need some help? We'll hook you up. All right. Here we go. Rapid fire questions for my friend Ruth. Ruth, what is your favorite all time food? I can't believe no one has said this before. Chocolate. Yay! I like the roof. She's right. I can't believe no one said that. Yeah, that's true. I thought that'd be everybody's, actually. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I mean, I like most everything, but I had to think that they favorite. And and it would be dark chocolate, so I'm not really all that discriminating if somebody gives me another form. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was my next question. Dark chocolate or milk chocolate? I'll take chocolate in any form. Chocolate cake, chocolate pudding, chocolate ice cream, chocolate anything. (laughs) Chocolate, anything. Mm-hmm. Now I want yeah, chocolate. I'm sitting here at my desk in the studio, like I, I can't get up, and I want chocolate. My literally, my mouth is watering. <laughs> so let's let's remedy that. Yeah, we'll what fix that right least, now. <laughs> what's your least favorite food? Ripe olives. Oh, I love ripe olives. The black ones. Well, from the cane. They're the only ones I don't like. I like almost all the others. I just don't like those black. I'm going to really make you sick. Are you are you ready? Are you ready? Is there a bucket handy because you're going to need it? Uh, my okay. brother drinks the juice out of the right olive can. Ooh. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> well, that's a fact. That is a fact we didn't know about you, Glenn. Yeah, no, my brother does that. I, I don't that's think That's pretty I, gross. Yeah, that is pretty that's gross. Pretty no, gross. we didn't know that you had a brother who Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'll have a dirty martini every now and again, and I ask for it a little extra dirty because, you know, real olive juice is good, but that stuff in the can is like, (laughs) is that even food? No, I I don't know what it is, actually. Okay. It's black water. (laughs) (laughs) It's black water. Oh, my God. And I'm not hungry anymore. Okay. Ruth, what is your biggest equestrian pet peeve? Um, people who come to the barn for their hobby and spend their time complaining. Woohoo! You nailed that one on the head, girl. Wow. <laughs> oh my God, we own the boarding stable. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like, yeah, this, no you get kidding. an hour a day. Don't spend it whining. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like your control issues at home. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's a, okay, good one. that's a good one. Do you have a favorite professional or celebrity equestrian? I had to think about that because I have a number. I decided, though that's not what this person is most famous for, that my favorite is Queen Elizabeth. Oh, good for good for you. She's certainly uh-huh. been an advocate for a lot of years. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. and she loves animals. Yeah, she loves her horses. God, she's still riding. She's yeah, like she 90, 100 years old. And her little scarf. Yeah, and her little scarf, right. <laughs> right. She doesn't wear a helmet, though. We got to, you know, we got to point I don't that think out. That, but I mean, she's like, look how kind of important she is to her, her uh, all her countries, and she's riding with no helmet. I know. You tell her that, though, okay? You, you, you go ahead <laughs> and tell her. I'm not telling her. <laughs> yeah, me either. <laughs> Maybe Monty could tell her. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? I think Monty's going to leave that one alone. Yeah, you know what? I've seen Monty ride without a helmet. So there's two that play that game. All right, let's go on. Okay, so what career other than one with horses would you like to try? I think that I might like to be a home stager. I do like to watch HGTV. (laughs) A home stager where you go into people's houses before they sell them and make them look good? Yeah, and move it around. You know, I get rid of this, move this around. Paint the flawless color, whatever, yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's, that's very cool. That's a first. <clears throat> yeah. All right. So a home stager. But since I retired, I really don't want another career. You really so don't want to do anything. <laughs> no, that's I good. I want to ride almost. I want to show up at the barn as many days as I can and ride. Okay. So you're a professional retiree. That's cool. That's cool. Yes. And you're, I think you're a very good one. If you won a million dollars tomorrow, where would you go on your vacation. Now you like to travel, so you've been places, but where would you go if you could go tomorrow? Um, probably the Spanish riding school in Vienna. Oh, there you go. That's a good mm-hmm. one too. Okay. Gosh, I want to go there now. I want to eat chocolate and I want to go yeah. to Spain. Wait, the Spanish I'll, riding I'll school is in I'll, Vienna. <laughs> exactly. How logical um, is that? Um, okay. So wait, what is this? March? It's not going to be very warm there now though. You don't care? I don't care. All right. No, it's inside. It's okay. I know it's inside. Oh, I want to go ride horses on my vacation. Yeah. <laughs> the beach. Describe yourself, Ruth, in three words. There's I'm a problem solver. So two words or one, anyway. I don't know. You um, said um I'm first, hard- so it's um problem solver. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm hardworking, and I'm resilient. Okay. That was a few more than three, but I like it. Yeah, we got the gist. You're accepted. (laughs) Oh, thank you. What's the most terrifying thing you've ever done, and would you do it again? I thought about that. So that means voluntarily. I've cooked lunch for someone who wrote food columns in the New York Times. And I would say that that was on the verge terrifying before. And it needed to be a really simple lunch, so it wasn't anything fancy. It was just... Okay, it was tuna fish sandwiches, but they mm. were good bread. They were, they were, but it was just the mental idea that this man wrote cookbooks and published that was terrifying. And I would do it again. It was fine, but it wasn't, you know, again, it wasn't high French cuisine. That would be like riding your simple. horse for George Morris. That's what that would be like. Oh, but he was way nicer than that. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> now we have all those quotes in our brain. Yes, that's right. All right, yeah. go He'd ahead, be like Lena. tennis lessons. He'd be like tennis lessons for that, her. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, if you could have just one superhero power, what would it be? It would be nerves of steel while I'm riding. Nobody has said that one yet either. You're just you're just picking out all the ones that nobody has said. That's a good one. Well, that's what Jerry said, but I hadn't thought of it myself. So yeah. there it is. Yeah, Jerry came up with a really good one. Yeah. I thought about that like 
kind of out, out of, of my one. horse radio life. Yeah. So you know that's got an impact if I if it comes into my brain outside of when it's actually required to be present. Okay, one more. What are we doing again? One more. Oh, my, my ADD is just <laughs> your so horse bad. could speak. What single question would you ask him or her? I would ask her what I can do to keep her well and comfortable. Oh, that's so nice. So sweet. Ruth McCormick. What if she said, what if she said, feed me too much? What if she said, feed me cookies? <laughs> you would do said, it, wouldn't you? Don't ride me anymore. I mean, yeah, then you'd be devastated. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you might want to rethink that question. Yeah, maybe, maybe reword it. <laughs> Remember, never ask well, a question. You don't know what the answer is going to be. So I know, and yeah. which is why I didn't say, what do I do to make you cra- that makes you crazy or something like that? <laughs> I would be like, I'm not asking that question. I don't want to know. There's two, there's two, th- two people you don't want to ask that question, your horse and your husband. You just never ask oh, that yeah. question because you don't really want to know the answer, right? Because mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, you're not going to change what you're doing, and the outcome's still going to be the same. So... <laughs> <laughs> Auditor Ruth McCormick, thank you so much for joining us as our listener of the week. Thank you very much, Alina and Glenn. It was fun. It was a pleasure having you. Hello, folks. Uncle Jimmy here, and welcome to the world of Uncle Jimmy brand products, where funny names mean serious products. Featuring Uncle Jimmy Squeezy Buns, the squeezably soft hand treat that your horse will love, the award-winning Uncle Jimmy's Hanging Balls, Uncle Jimmy's Sugar-Free Ball, the incredible Licky Thing, also in sugar-free, the amazing Uncle Jimmy's Pecker Wrecker, and the Big Licky. The infamous Uncle Jimmy Hangin' Ball was first designed by me for my own horses to help reduce the bad habits which come from stall boredom. It now can be found around the world. This nutritious, flavored-filled boredom buster will help keep your horses occupied and happy around the clock. Properly hung, it will last for weeks, provided you... Don't let your horse pin it, and Uncle Jimmy knows who you are. The ball comes in four flavors, apple, carrot, peppermint, molasses, and now sugar-free. Once again, welcome to the world of Uncle Jimmy's brand products, where funny names mean serious products, and satisfaction is 100% guaranteed. Our Tack and Habit product of the week this week is something a little bit different, but Jennifer and I have tested it. It's an as-seen-on-TV product, Helena. Yes, for oh $19.95, you can have two, two Flex Seal contain. Uh, what are these called? You can have two clans of cans of Flex Seal. You can't a, even say it. I That's can't how even say excited it. you are. <laughs> Let's start over. For only $19.95, you can have yourself not one, but two cans of Flex Seal. And what does Flex Seal do? Well, I'll tell you what, what happened. We bought this new used horse trailer, and it, ca- it has a uh, fiberglass roof, a clear fiberglass roof, so it lets light in, right? Yeah. Well, one of the horses, apparently, for the people who owned it before us, decided to rear up, smack the fiberglass roof, and put this, like, four-inch hole in the roof. 
So it had a crack split out different directions. uh, And it was literally leaking like a sieve through this this hole in the roof. So we bought it that way. And Jennifer's like, well, we got to fix that. We can either spend, it was almost $800 to have a new roof put on. Holy cow. Yeah. And she said, you know, I saw this stuff on TV. And it's literally where she saw it called Flex Seal. (laughs) So she went on Amazon and looked up Flex Seal and found it on there. And they actually make it in clear and black. Uh, They make it in white. They make it in colors. I mean, it it comes in all different kinds. It's an aerosol can. You get it in the mail. We got it in the mail, and we were like, okay, we got to see how this works. And you just, you clean the area. You, like, wipe it off with alcohol or something. And you clean the area you want to do, and you spray it on, and it grows. It becomes this, it's like a caulking almost, except it's waterproof and weatherproof and all that. And it's, it's a rubber coating is what it is. And it grows just a little bit. It doesn't grow uh, like some caulkings or some insulation that I've used in the past where you spray it on and it grows like 10 times. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. do that. It's only like one or two times. But it is rubberized. So what happens when it comes out of the can is it turns to rubber. So we sprayed it on the hole and used almost a whole can on this hole at the top, on the top of the trailer. And we used clear because we didn't want to use black. It's a clear roof. And we sprayed it on there. And within another day or two, it dried. It has to dry. And sunshine's actually better to dry it. So we let it out a day or two. And then we had a hard rain. And it still leaked a little bit, but not like before. And not anything like before. So it says if that happens, you just spray a second coat. So that's what we did. We just sprayed a second coat. I think we used about a can and a half. And you get two cans for $19.95. So we sprayed it on there, and we it does not leak at all now. It really works. Wow. We, we I'm, ha- as you're telling this story, I'm thinking about all the holes in my house. I can use it <laughs> it actually, this is what it works on. Skylights, gutters, downspouts, flashings, windowsills, pipe, uh, PVC pipe, roof leaks, hoses, chimneys, ductwork, foundations, awnings, and on and RVs and campers, trailers, and so much more. So wow. it works on everything. I mean, it works on anything. And it really does work. I was very impressed with this. We had a very hard rain then two days after we put the second coat on. Not one leak at all. Nothing. And the other thing is it leaked up where the roof met the front of the trailer where it's rounded. And there's a seam there where one of the uprights are. Yeah. It leaked a little bit, just drips in there. It was coming in around the seams of the roof. So we sprayed the seams on both sides and now it doesn't leak there at all. It really does work. This stuff is good. So Jennifer said... Well, you know, the, the fiberglass on the top from living in Florida is getting flaky. You know, fiberglass kind of wears out. Yeah. And it gets flaky from being in the sun. She said, we're going to take and get the clear. And we're going to spray the whole roof. Oh, God. So that's what she did. She got ordered six cans of this stuff. Oh, my God. She, she was out there on the ladder one day. And I tell you, she got high because this stuff, you know, it smells yeah, like Yeah, it's rubber. got stuff in it. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. And I got high just holding the ladder. So, But she wanted to do it. She was all set on spraying the roof. And she did. And I'll tell you what, it, it's great. There's no, there's no even, there were tiny little pinholes in it, too. And those are gone. This stuff really does work. Oh my God! Now will it cure and everything? So it it's cures. not going to be like your horses aren't going to get all high. Like hard okay. rubber is how okay. it cures. It cures. No, the smell goes away after you know a couple hours. Okay, but it cures like by like hard rubber. That's how it cures. But it, the neat part is because it's liquid before it cures into this rubber, it's it seeps into any holes or cracks. 
Okay. So, and it's watertight, flexible, rubberized coating is what they say. So I, I highly recommend it. If you have a hole in a gutter, you know, let the big hole is developed in a gutter, you just spray it on the inside of the gutter, clear, yeah. clean it out good, take alcohol wipes and wipe it down, let it dry, and then spray it there. It'll seal up your gutter holes too. Well then. So there you go. There's my unusual product of the week, but we tested it and I think it works. I love it. I want to go try You know, what's it. funny is a lot of people gave it crappy reviews, but I, I, we, we loved it. I don't know. Why did they give it crappy reviews? Oh, you know, some people said it didn't work and, you know, that kind of thing. And I think they probably did it wrong. Didn't read the directions. Yeah. Um, and you have to be certain temperatures to put it on. You have to read the directions, people. Yeah. But, like it can't be 20 degrees out right. and you're, you're, you're fixing your pipes cure. with it. That's right. It's yeah. not going to cure. But so far... You know, we've had lots of rain since then, and it uh, it's definitely worked. Uh, and it really is eighteen ninety nine for a two pack on Amazon. So I was I was sort of joking, but not. But uh, not, yeah. Eighteen ninety nine, and if you order today, you can get an additional two cans for only an additional eighteen ninety nine. <laughs> oh my god, I can't even. <laughs> I can't even. Right, I'll well, buy a can because I got holes. You know, you live in a two hundred and sixty year old house, you get yeah, holes. You got holes. <laughs> I'm not sure this is going to help your 260-year-old house, but we could try. Well, see, that's the I would be the kind of person who would try it on my like foundation. Okay, yeah, you can't <laughs> you can't fill a three foot hole with it. It's really meant for like pinholes and cracks. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. All right. Anything above about two three inches is not going to work. That's fine. Yeah. We'll, you need we'll some make... serious help, then, Helena. I, well, we know I need have, I need some serious help, but I, and and it's not going to come in a can. <laughs> All right, so it is, it is the, what is it called again? It's called Flex Seal, and we'll put a link to it in our show notes at stablescoop.com. Perfect. Well, for details about today's show, go to stablescoop.com. And to find Helena, you can find her at? You can find me. Uh, well, you can send me an email. My email address is helena at horseradionetwork.com. Or I'm busy working at Sparkle and Boom to pay the bills. You can always reach me through my web- website at sparkleandboom.com. Uh, be sure to log in uh, next Friday for another great episode and another listener highlight. We're really enjoying those this year. We love your feedback, so be sure to drop us an email. If you'd like to be highlighted, actually, Ruth sent us an email. She yeah. said, I want to be on the show. So we got her on right away. We put you to the front of the list. So if you want to be on the show, drop us. An- As a matter of fact, our last two have sent us emails. So send yes. us an email. Send it to Helena at horseradionetwork.com. You're liable to have it read that way. Send it to me. I have no guarantees. So, <laughs> this is true. So many thanks to this week's sponsors, the Clarion Hotel, Road to the Horse, and, of course, our friend, Uncle Jimmy. That- We're done, <laughs> Helena. That's it. That is plenty, but there will be more next week. Until then, happy scooping.